Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well Best Bits of Tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Andrew Bowie, cons- no, no relation, by the way, uh, Conservative MP for West Aberdeenshire and uh, Kincardin joins us now. Um, Andrew, sorry I coughed all over you. Yeah, no, 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 don't worry, absolutely. <laughs> I'm only worried about your health. No, don't, honestly. Everybody who gets a cough now becomes paranoid. <laughs> That's true. That's true, as they yeah. should, and if it's persistent and ongoing and it's new, then they should take it seriously and remain indoors. Yeah. Well, when I, uh, when I uh, had a cough uh, about two and a half, three weeks ago, I actually phoned 101 and they said, well, OK, um, how do you feel? I said, well, I feel OK. They said, right, OK. Um, could be all sorts of things. If you've still got the cough and it gets worse in a few weeks, let us know. But I, it goes away and comes back because I'm, I've got these allergies to stuff. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and I'm sitting in a little room. Once I start coughing now, <coughs> that's better. Right. Um, so who is running the country, Andrew? Well, I mean, the, the government of the country continues. The Prime Minister, as we heard today, is in uh, good spirits. He is remains in intensive care, but is sitting up in his bed and talking to his clinical team, which is, uh, you know, I think really good news. I think there was a, a, a real feeling of uh, shock across the country when we, when we found out on Monday night that he'd been taken to intensive care. So the, the fact that he is um, responding to treatment, sitting up and talking to his doctors, is all good news. In terms of who's running the country, obviously we've got cabinet government in this country and so each minister is responsible for their own department. We've got Matt Hancock doing an incredible job at health. We saw Rishi Sunak uh, out today, Chancellor of the Exchequer, announcing £750 million for the charitable sector. We've got uh, Dom Rab, who is the Foreign Secretary, but also First Secretary of State. So he's chairing a lot of the important meetings that are going on just now. Um, so government uh, continues. Um, uh, as it should, uh, and we've got the, the setup in this country, the cabinet, uh, gov- government by cabinet, uh, which uh, means that should anything like uh, a prime minister becoming incapacitated or being taken into hospital for any length of time happen, then government can carry on. So uh, I think we're in a pretty good place. There is one thing we're missing, and that, of course, is we're not a dictatorship. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any way, because you guys are not going to go back to Parliament uh, that soon. Uh, not if you want the rest of the country to stay in. And I, I think you're going to have to find a way to either have PMQs uh, remotely or something like that so that politicians can hold the prime minister and the government to account. 
Yeah, actually, there's some really interesting discussions uh, ongoing just now uh, between the House of Commons authorities, the, the political parties, about how we might be able to do that. Um, obviously, this being uh, the Easter week, we weren't due to be sitting uh, this week or next uh, anyway, but we were due to be returning on yeah. April the 21st. Now, if the lockdown is still in effect, then I think, yeah, it is incumbent on us to, to find a way that Parliament can hold the government to account, whether that's virtual PMQs, whether that's asking questions to government departments through, you know, uh, some meeting, some Zoom or some other format. We'll just have to wait and see what that is. I mean, obviously, there's lots of discussions to be had. It's, uh, we've never been in this position before. But you are right. I mean, the, the, the sight of us all, you know, sitting together in the House of Commons would be completely contrary to the advice. But they did a cut down, didn't they, last time? They did a cut down PMQs with yeah. only the MPs that were going to ask mm. questions, didn't they? It was only the MPs yeah, that, that were on the order silly. paper. So... Uh, a lot of yeah. people out there might not understand that, you know, when you go into PMQs, you've got the people who are already selected to speak, and then you've got everybody else who tries to get in, and that's when you see us sort of standing up and down trying to catch the speaker's eye. So essentially what happened was it was limited to the people who had already been chosen to ask a question on the order paper, which did mm. seem to work, I think, in the short term, but we've moved on mm. a pace since then, and uh, we're now at a stage with a full lockdown across the country that even having that gathering, I think, would be very difficult to manage in the current mm. circumstances. Yeah. I mean, uh, how do you see this uh, lockdown continuing? I've been more or less self-isolated for three weeks now on my own with my dogs. Uh, I'm sitting here in my house. I'm very happy to be here. But, um, you know, it's it, it really... I'm not allowed to see friends. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm using me as an example... Um, I can't. Uh, I can't go see my family. I can't go to the pub and have a drink. Um, you know, it, it, there has to be some give and take in this, doesn't there? Yeah. Look, it's it's a re- it's a really tough time for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people who are like yourself are having to uh, stay home by themselves um, and and not interact with anybody, um, not interacting with family, friends, missing out on you know family occasions, birthdays. Uh, funerals, births, the, the, you name it. I, I actually attended a, a wedding through Zoom last night, and although it was, although it was uh, brilliant to see one of my best friends getting married, it wasn't quite the same as uh, as being uh, there in person. So yeah, it's a really tough time for a lot of people, and, and the government's taking this very seriously. I mean, we're aware of all the the problems that are caused by by loneliness and all the other aspects of people staying at home without any uh, social interaction. But the the fact remains that the we are doing what it takes to, to beat coronavirus. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. So let's talk to uh, Rodney Barker, uh, Professor of Government at the LSE. Uh, Professor, good evening to you. Hello, good evening. What are your thoughts on this? Are we going to get riots in the street? No. <laughs> no, I don't think we are. Um, it, would be, it would be very difficult to see from what direction they were coming um, because a, a good sort of left-wing radical who might be suspicious of the state doing too much would not be going out on this issue. Um, yeah. And the, um, I don't know what one might call it, the, um, the Norman C. and St. John Stevens right, um, is <laughs> unhappy though it might be about ex- the extending powers of the state, is not going to be going out and sitting in Trafalgar Square. No, no. But, you know, maybe there is ways that we can relax this uh, lockdown a bit because uh, as long as people 
stay well apart, do not congregate. Uh, maybe it's a nice weekend. There are lots of people across this country in, in one-bedroom flats and, uh, you know, very little place to go. If they can find somewhere they could go and sit in the sun for a bit and nobody else is around them, surely that ought to be okay. It, it, it looks very attractive and, and it must be pretty pretty horrible, actually, to be stuck in a one-bedroom flat um, with your yeah, but a lot of people and, are. and your husband <laughs> for weeks, weeks <laughs> at a time. Um, on the other hand, you can see why um, they want to be fairly sort of simple and, and complete about it. No people, no people in the parks. Um, you know, it, it, it's a bit like the Chernobyl effect that um, after, after the, the explosions in Chernobyl, they sealed it all off. And to their astonishment, they mm. found that um, 20 years later, it was a kind of wildlife haven. Why? Because no people. Um, mm. And you can see it's very easy to say no people in the parks. Um, it's much more difficult to distinguish, to discriminate between people who perfectly reasonably using the park in a very sensible way, not bothering anybody, at least six feet or even 12 feet away from everybody else. Um, but it, it, it's sort of messy and uncertain. Um, and I think you can see the case why at the present time governments want to give and the rest of us, on the whole, want to have clear, clear rules. Yeah, because the rule, the laws are not the same as the advice. That's where the confusion's occurring. Oh yes, indeed. Um, very good point, Mr. Ash. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the advice is, is is very strange in a way. Um, in the, the way the government has done it, um, it's um, it's appealing to the um, the goodwill of us. Yes. Um, mm. Imagine in other areas if they said. <laughs> We'd really like you to drive on the left-hand side of the road, but of course it's up to you. Use your judgment. Mm. Um, yeah. So actually, it's um, you could say that the way things have gone, with you know, compared to the, the size of the population, the number of people who have come closer to other people in a park, um, been in a group of three rather than two is tiny, tiny, as a proportion yeah. of a, yeah. a very sort of responsible citizen body. But mm. I'm, I'm just concerned about, A, people going around the bend because they've been stuck inside too long, yeah. and B, uh, you know, some people getting and using this as a reason to stir up public unrest, as has happened mm. in Italy. I mean... I I can remember the poll tax riots because people didn't like a, what seemed to me to be a fairly legitimate tax coming in. But uh, no, didn't like that and went out en masse. Yes. And remember, this is, this is actually, forget about the, the keeping people inside, this is actually about people's living and thereafter all this is finished, whether they have any living or life to go back to. Absolutely, yes, yes. I mean, I still, I still don't see anything, I mean, you mentioned the poll tax. Um, and you, I think the word riot was used. I was in Scotland at the time of the poll tax, mm. and uh, there were no riots. Um, the police got a bit out of hand, um, and an awful lot of people demonstrated, and there was civil disobedience. There was sitting down in Queen Square in Glasgow and that sort of thing. But um, I, I just can't see what your sort of rhetorical or ideological case would have to be to ask mm. fellow citizens 
deliberately mm. to go into parks. Um, so we, we'll all go in in a big mass and yeah. uh, we'll sit down and we'll ask them to move us on because we're not going to die. I, I don't see that happening. I don't, I, don't, I don't quite see how you'd make the case for that. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. OK, Mole. Oh, Mo. I, sh- I beg your pardon. Mo. Yes, sir. I'm right here. Yeah. Oh, good, Mo. What's Mo short for? Is that... You- it's, it's a very American name. Yeah, Moises in Spanish is Moses, and um, I'm Latino. I grew up in South Texas, so um, I'm of Mexican heritage, but a fourth-generation American. Ah, right, mm-hmm. okay. Well, uh, I've been wondering sometimes. I have to ask Americans all the time where their names originated from because you've got some very yes. interesting <laughs> names. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, you used to... <laughs> You used to be the senior advisor to uh, Joe Biden. He's um, coming up to 80. Uh, is he up to well, the now job? You're, round, you're rounding up a little dramatically, don't you think? Come on now. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I don't know when he's 80, but he's 78, is he? Oh, sorry. Right. Obviously. When is he 79, I wonder? No, he, um, I don't. He just turned, I believe he just turned 78, or he's about to turn 78. He's either 77 oh. or 78. But the, the oh, spring chicken. Is he is um, he's as spry as a teenager, honestly. Uh, as you noted, I was his senior advisor, and I can tell you this: uh, I wouldn't challenge him to a bunch of push-ups or running or running or mile or two because mm-hmm. he he would outdo most folks half his age. So his age isn't even a factor. Yeah, I know. I know Americans always like to go on about how young and fit their presidents are, uh, but the one you've got currently is fairly geriatric. I mean, I'm no spring chicken, uh, but then Neither I'm not the uh, prime minister. Yeah, well, that's yeah, right. But, it, but you know what? I think it's, it's a not very about, strenuous job. Is. Yeah, in this case. Well, I don't know because you, you know you're not you're not really as as cap- we're not cap- as capable and as fit as maybe uh, a forty year old. You know, I think at the end of the day, uh, in this situation that we're in, our country is in such need for real leadership and moving back to what we would like to hope are our American values of decency and respect and and being, again, uh, respected around the world. And so, you know what? I don't care if Joe Biden's 100 or if he's 38. At this point, we need somebody like him and his experience. So. I don't think age is even being considered by an American electorate right now. I well, no, I, th- I think you like back. you. You like um, well. You've got you've got a, a president who's doing remarkable things at the moment. I mean, you look back at Obama's record, well, well, and most Americans say, "Oh, for goodness sake, he was the worst president we ever had." Oh, I, I, which is I, why I, I didn't get in. Who even? I'm, I honestly don't run in circles of people who speak that way, but. I'm sure there are some in our nation who might feel that way, but I'm not. You see, that's a sure problem in America. Well, you don't you don't mix with does? people from the other side. Well, let's talk about something factual, though, because we're all confronted and confined <laughs> right now by this pandemic. Um, I yeah. used to sit on the White House Emergency Preparedness and uh, Continuity of Government Working Group two times in my life, in both my White House tenures. And I will tell you that the thought that this president right now of ours is doing anything great is for the furthest thing from the truth. We lost almost two months of time in preparation and in planning. What would which you have done? Ultimately, in emergency situations, mm. is is preventative in nature. Yeah. So we have. I have to agree with you about that because this president yeah. didn't prepare I, properly. I well, I have to agree with you that you weren't really prepared very well. 
Uh, but That's what right. would you have done? I mean, the trouble is, I ask you that, and it's very easy with the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? No, honestly, I, I, like I just stated, I happen to actually be very, very fortunate to be one of the few people who has been inside the White House and been on the Emergency Preparedness Working Group. So I would tell you what we would have done by now. First of all, we would not have actually gotten rid of the pandemic response office inside the White House. We wouldn't have cut the budget uh, for our uh, centers of disease control. And inside the White House, we would have been planning, we would have had an entire plan ready to execute and implement. That's what you do in an emergency preparedness office. And we would have been prepared just like we were for Y2K, the swine flu, H1N1, Ebola, and so on and so forth. So there were a lot of things that, uh, that were not done that should have been done uh, that I would have done completely differently. But you're right, hindsight's 2020 at this point. I just hope he steps up to the plate, which he doesn't seem to be doing, uh, and getting the proper medical supplies and proper protective gear for our first responders for our uh, healthcare professionals, um, they're putting their lives at risk, and frankly, they're our heroes right now. So we need to be giving them the tools and the resources they need. That's those are the things I'd be doing differently. Okay, um, putting all that aside, uh, the election is mm-hmm. going to be in November. We hope. That's right. Uh, do you think actually it uh, it will be in November, or do you think it's going to have to be put off? I uh, know I do believe it will be in November. Um, the key right now is for us to, uh, you know, work to be innovative about how we're going to uh, have people voting in case uh, this pandemic still in existence or or is at a stage that will prevent us from being able to physically vote. So it will the vote. The election, in my prediction, will occur um, and it should occur. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Mark Dolan's left his Amy. pencil case and his nuts and, and <laughs> I headphones. You were going to say he'd left his pants. That's Have you fine. had a bad day? Tell me all about it. Listen, come on, I've got a second. Well, you can't. So there's nothing to do, is it? I've just got up and then I sat down. And oh, you poor thing. Not the aloe vera stuff, that's good. I mean, I'm never going to look back. I'm always using aloe vera, the (laughs) marinated one. It's changed my life. And by the time I've gone, move back, I tell thee, the doors have opened. And I'm within. You don't say that, do you? Yeah. Well, maybe there should be. Andrew, Andrew, listen to to the voice of reason, please. Yeah, because the rule, the laws are not the same as the advice. That's where the confusion's occurring. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, Very good point, Mr. Ash. Yeah. If you want to come on the show, Cliff, and, and have a chat a little later, that would be great, OK? Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to chat. Thanks, oh, man. Okay. I'm just relaxing at home. Thanks. That was uh, the clips for today. The worst of whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.